Well, a bunch of us just got back from family camp at Silver Birch Ranch all week long. How many of you are at family camp? Raise up your hands if you were there. All right, great. Have you uh, done a tick check yet through the hair? We were out in the forest each year. That's one of our rituals when we get home. Kids, get outside. <laughs> Comb through the hair and look for that. But what a great time we had there. Uh, the messages will be online if you want to check those out. But just a great chance to bond and get together. For me, though, let me tell you, I preached four sermons at family camp. Last Sunday, this Sunday, add it all up. That's like six sermons in eight weeks. I'm like, I'm like running on fumes here. But guess what? I've got a lot to say today. So you better strap yourself in and buckle your safety belt because God's taken us somewhere today that is going to be a great ride. Sermons based on one verse, James 5.12. It's about honesty. It's called honest to God. Let's face it, people lie all the time. We live in a fundamentally dishonest world. People lie in advertising. Uh, we're going camping for a few days this week, tent camping. And so I went outside yesterday with the new tents, and one of them is called the Coleman Juniper Lake four-person instant tent. Instant. Says right on the tent uh, case, sets up in about 60 seconds. Guess what I was doing 25 minutes after I started setting up this instant tent yesterday? Can you guess? Can you guess? Still setting it up! See, but I'm sure their legal team threw in the little words like about 60 seconds to protect them from lawsuits of people who were trying to put this thing together upside down, like me. They lie in advertising. They, uh, we went to Noodles and Company yesterday with the kids, and for the kids' meal, they give you this, well, I have a picture of it. They give you this beverage with the kids' meal called Honest Kids Organic Juice Drink. I first thought that meant it makes your kids totally honest. That's actually not what it does. I went online and looked it up. It's called Honest Kids because they want everyone to know that their ingredients are perfectly organic, so they're being honest, which is, you know, insinuating that other brands are not being honest. What's really funny, though, is Coca-Cola bought this company out, so now it's a (laughs) Coca-Cola has an honest line of beverages. What does that mean about the rest of their drinks? (laughs) Whatever they put in them, it's like a science project. Advertisers lie to get you to buy their product. The media lies. News anchor, check this out. This is Brian Williams. Remember Brian Williams? What did he do? What did he do that got him in trouble? Remember? He didn't lie. He misremembered. (laughs) He's never used the word lie. Not still, not yet. He misremembered being on a helicopter that came under rocket fire. He misremembered that whole event. Turns out they did an investigation, and there were several other things he misremembered too. So he's gone. He was uh, disciplined without pay, lost a lot of money, lost his reputation. An NBC insider told Vanity Fair magazine, he couldn't say the words, I lied. We could not force his mouth to form the words, I lied, yet he couldn't explain what had happened. So it's like to get caught in a lie. The news media, they lie. Politicians lie. Uh, do you know that the New York Times and other magazines actually track how many statements political candidates make that are true and false? Do you know that happens? So now you have the news media that lies tracking the politicians on their lies. 
which is kind of funny. Check it out, though. Here's one New York Times study that they did recently. They tracked anywhere between 40 and 100 statements that leading presidential candidates or former presidents or current presidents made. And then they, they put it up there. And this chart on the left, the brown, um, the, the dark brown represents a pants on fire lie, meaning it's just an outright lie. Then, then the lighter brown is false. The lightest brown is mostly false. Then that white is like a half true, half false. Light blue is mostly true. Dark blue is true. And so how are our two leading presidential candidates doing? Well, Donald Trump is up there. 76% of what he said, according to this study, was mostly false, false, or pants on fire, false. Only 7% of what he said in that study was true or mostly true. How's Hillary doing? Well, 28% of what she said was recorded as being false. Um, But if you throw in the middle, the mostly true, the half-truth, she gets about 51% of what she says is true. So she got just past the halfway point. And I'm saying to myself, really? These are the two candidates we have to vote for? One of them, half of what she says is wrong, and the other one, far more than half. And I know depending on the candidate you want to vote for, you look at that and you're saying, well, I bet the New York Times is lying. So now you're accusing the media of lying about lying. Let your mind wrap around that one for a second. Because you know you can't trust people. They lie. Advertisers lie. News media lies. The politicians lie. They lie to you in the finance industry. Here's a picture. Do you know who this is? Do you know who that is? Bernie Madoff. He uh, started an investment firm. It's a great American story. Saved up $5,000 working as a lifeguard. Hard work. Started the firm. Investment firm. Successful. And then it came to light that he was lying. And he is guilty of what is known as the $65 billion crime, where he lied about the amount of money that people were making through him. This is a reputable guy. He was the NASDAQ chair for three years, and now he's facing over 16,000 lawsuits. Imagine waking up with that. 16,000 of them. He was sentenced to 150 years in jail. Here's a picture of him in jail. He's currently making $40 a month, wiping stuff down in the prison. Because he lied. People lie. But honestly, we all struggle to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. So I'm not going to talk to us about that Wicked, dishonest world out there that we live in. Today we're going to let God go to work right in here. God's going to show us how and why we can become more honest. First, let's pray. Father, thank you that you are true. Every word of God proves true. You're reliable. Help us, O Lord. Test us and try us. Examine our hearts. Teach us how and why we need to be honest in this crooked generation. We pray this in your name. Amen. Open up to James 5.12. Only one verse, but that verse is going to introduce the topic. Then we're going to chase this topic all over Scripture. By the way, those of you sitting in this section, I told you last week that our power went out a couple Sundays ago. They're still working on fixing it. They don't know. So they got two-thirds of the room done. This section, the lights are still like possessed. They'll blink, they'll turn off, they'll whatever. So you're not seeing things. It's really happening. But don't worry, we're on it. Here we are in James chapter 5, verse 12. It says this, But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be your yes and your no be your no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Jot this down. 
be honest. It's basically the whole point today. You have to write down the whole sentence because we were away at camp this week, so we didn't print up the notes. I know you're going to get a little hand cramp. Take a second and massage your hand, but be honest. This is really a one verse, one point sermon. The whole point of the sermon is be honest. Every other point that comes after this tells us why or how we need to be honest, but the only thing I'm preaching today is be honest. James, as we know, is talking to people who are going through trials. So, specifically in the context, he's talking to you. If you are in a crunch, if you are under the gun, if you are walking through the fire, and and you're tempted in any way to be deceptive to get out of this trial, don't do it. If you're tempted to get yourself out of trouble, and your plan involves lying or deceit or any sort of shading the truth to make life easier, don't do it. Especially when you're going through the trial. Be honest. Keep your commitments. Now, why? Everybody say, why? I'm going to give you a few reasons why. First, write this down. Because God hates lying. How does he feel about it? He hates it. We don't know exactly what was going on here in the churches James was writing to, but where he says here, don't swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. There were the rich taking the poor to court, so were the rich falsely testifying against the poor, were the poor falsely swearing to try and make a commitment they couldn't keep. We're not quite sure. But what we know is it wasn't necessarily wrong to make an oath or keep an oath. Uh, the Bible, in fact, up, upheld the practice of, you know, uh, being of your word and making these oaths. So we think what James was, was hitting at here was there were people in the trial who were tempted to make an oath, a deceitful oath, some sort of false claim, and, and they knew that they weren't going to keep it or they knew it was false. That's what he's condemning here. Don't say or commit to anything when you know your yes isn't your yes and your no isn't your no. And he knew that they were falling into this trap, which is why he warned them against falling under condemnation. If you want to clear up your habit of lying, you have to first face the truth that God hates it every time you lie. He hates your little lies. He hates your big lies. You will lie when you first tell yourself that God will let you get away with it. Oh, he will understand. Well, he's so gracious. He, that's not true. He hates lies. He says this in his word in Proverbs twelve nineteen. It says this, truthful lips endure forever but a lying tongue is but for a moment. For a moment. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 says this, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Oh, if God, if God calls down his list to seven things he hates, what's on the list? Haughty eyes, that's being proud. <gasps> Number two, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run into evil up. False witness who breathes out lies. Wait a minute, lying was number two. Now it's back on the list again. And one who sows discord among the brothers. Let me get this straight. God made a list of seven things that he hates and two of them were lying. What does that tell you? He hates, hates it when we lie. God isn't okay with any lie. He's emotionally outraged every single time we lie. But we don't experience God's displeasure because we don't always get caught when we lie. 
So we lull ourselves into this false sense of security that God must have not cared enough to zap us with lightning, so it was okay. Um, But then when we get caught, we're reminded of that uncomfortable feeling of being branded as a liar. Have you ever gotten caught in a lie? I've gotten caught in lies. I've caught my kids in lies. My wife caught my daughter Ellie in a lie when she was in kindergarten. See, Ellie was sitting there during story time with the teacher in kindergarten, and Lauren was there volunteering that day, working on a bulletin board or something. And uh, the teacher read a story about camels. And Ellie, who's very social, said, I've ridden a camel. (laughs) And Lauren kind of stopped what she was doing and looked over. I've ridden a camel. Oh, and the teacher said, you have ridden a camel. And Ellie went like this, "Uh uh-huh, uh-uh. Forgot mama was right over there. Instant accountability. Caught. Right? What if, what if that always happened to us? The moment we lie, uh-huh, we're like, uh-uh. I mean, we just fess up. Sorry, I just told a lie. But we don't. We get away with it. So we assume God's not too mad, but he hates it. If you want to clear up lying, you have to first tell yourself God hates it whether you're lying about your kid's age to get into a movie or you're lying on your taxes, God hates it every time we lie. Ask me why. Be honest. Come on, ask me why. Let me give you a second reason. Write this down. Because lying always leads to pain and suffering. So we know how God feels about it. What are the consequences of lying? It always leads to pain and suffering. It's only a matter of time but it will lead to pain and suffering. I saw an interesting quote. The origin of it is unknown, but an interesting quote this week said this, three things cannot be long hidden, the sun, the moon, and the truth. The sun, the moon, and the truth. Can't be long hidden. The truth will come out. There will be consequences. There will be consequences in this life and in the next life. The eternal consequences to all of our lies horrifying. Revelation 21.8 says this, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and what does it say there? Let's read that together. And raise your hand if you have ever told a lie, even one lie in your life. Some hands are down. You just lied in church (laughs) during lying Sunday. (laughs) Way to add that one to the list. All liars, all liars. Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Meaning if Jesus hadn't died on the cross to take all of your sins away and you stood in judgment, your lies alone would have condemned you to hell justly. Sobering thought. All that happened was you were judged on your lies. Away you go for eternity. That's how dangerous they are. The eternal consequences of your lies are horrifying. But what about the consequences here now? Well, it says in 1 Peter 3.10, whoever desires to love life and see good days. Hey, that's me. I want to love life. I want to see good days. How do I do it? Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. See, there's a direct correspondence between the lies that come out of your mouth and the quality of your life. Lying always leads to pain and suffering. Proverbs 26, 28 says, A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. 
So my lies hurt others. My, my flattery, my false speech ruins me and my life. What damage does lying do? Well, we counsel people all the time in marriage. And when it comes out that one of the spouses has been lying to the other, it destroys trust. It creates suspicion from that point on. It creates wounds that are deep. And the lies do damage that takes years to repair. We see the price tag of lies when we help people start to repair the damage. And when it takes a long time for that other spouse to open up again and feel like they can trust the person, we see just how damaging lies can be. You can lie to people about where you've been. You can lie to people about who you're with. You can lie about money you've spent in marriage. All of those lies lead to damage, pain, suffering. Lies in families creates damage. If your family develops the habit of keeping secrets from each other and the kids kind of pick up on this baseline of dishonesty with the parents, then they will learn that and they'll get good at lying. And then in the family, there will be constant anxiety when they don't know if they have the truth and anger when they find the truth out and they'll just continue to wonder when the next surprise will blow up. Dishonesty hurts families. Lying hurts churches. When leaders are caught lying, suspicion and anger creeps into the congregation. They feel betrayed. They feel hurt. And it can take years, if not decades, to reclaim that credibility when leaders lie in the church. Lying hurts churches. Several years ago when we were interviewing pastoral candidates for, I think, Pastor Brandon's job at the time, meaning Pastor Brandon was in the interview process trying to come on staff here, um, I went to the elders and I said, yeah, I think I've got it narrowed down to three or maybe four top candidates. And this guy would have become pastor whoever. We didn't even have Pastor Brandon yet. And down to three, maybe four guys. And I said, they're all looking good. I've got one more phone call with them. And the last phone call interview that I have with the men, we talk about their own spiritual growth and their level of spiritual victory. We talk about past sins. And I always ask the same questions at one point. I say, have you ever cheated on your wife? I say, when's the last time you have used porn? And I say, how frequently have you used porn last year? And I don't take foggy answers. Well, these three men made it through that last interview process, and I was still praying about which one we should hire. And within a few days of that interview, two of the three men emailed me, said, Pastor Ryan, I want to withdraw my application to come on staff as a pastor at your church. I lied during the interview, and my personal purity is not where it should be, and I have a lot of work I need to do on that. They lied during the interview to become pastor so-and-so of this church. Two of the three, of the three, that remained of the 50, lied during the interview. They would have taken the job because of a lie. And God's Spirit so convicted them. Within like two days, these two people contacted me and both of them pulled out. Lying always leads to pain and suffering. It costs you opportunities. And lying damages your soul. What does lying actually accomplish for you? It only delays your painful encounter with reality. That's it. The next time you lie, say that to yourself. I have just successfully delayed my painful encounter with reality. Go me. It's all you do. God hates it. Be honest, because lying always leads to pain and suffering. 
All right, now say how. Okay, now I'm going to tell you how to be honest. So I'm going to give you a few methods. Write this down. By avoiding all forms of deception. What is a lie? How do we lie? There are many ways that we can lie. There are characters in the Bible who show us the different ways to lie. So tell me some characters in the Bible who were famous liars. Abraham, Ananias and Sapphira. Who else? David, Jacob. Yeah, okay, let's take a few of these cases. So you've got Jacob, and he lied to his father about who he was. Remember, it's a crazy story. He put animal hair on his arms because his brother Esau was really hairy, so he snuck into dad's presence, and his dad's like, who are you? <clears throat> Esau. Let his dad touch the hairy arms. Why? To steal the blessing, steal the inheritance. And, and Jacob blessed him, and then... And then uh, or or uh, he was blessed, and, and then uh, off he went after Isaac blessed him. And he ran for the hills. It cost him so much. Esau wanted to kill him. And then Jacob built this habit of deception into his family. So what did his kids do? Your son Joseph, he's dead. Killed by a wild animal. No, he's not. They sold him into slavery in Egypt. They're lying. He built deception into his family. He was a liar. He hurt his family, but God transformed him. What about Ananias and Sapphira? During the offering at church, we just sold a piece of property. Ananias was there first. Sapphira wasn't there yet. Here's all the money we got from selling that land. There were people who were so generous, like Barnabas. He sold property so that the early church could get off its... Well, Ananias and Sapphira saw the image that guys like that got, so they went and they sold a piece of property, but they held back some money but they wanted the glory of giving all of the proceeds, so they lied together. Here it is, all of it. Church can have it. Meantime, they're planning their like, next vacation with part of it. And they ask him, is this all the money? Yep, dead. Right there during church, God killed him. God killed him. The ushers, who are our ushers here? Raise your hand if you're an usher here. Ushers, not trained to do this, had to pick the guy up and go bury him. Then his wife came in a few hours later. Is that the full amount you got for the land? Oh, yes. Dead! God killed her in church during the offering because she, say it, because she, ushers got back with the shovel, picked her up, and went and put her in the cemetery. Well, that was a one-time thing, showing you how God feels about every lie. So he doesn't kill you the moment you do it. That's how he feels, murderously angry when you lie. We have to avoid all forms of deception. What about David? Got a girl pregnant who wasn't his wife, then covered it up, then killed her husband, didn't tell anybody for a year, then God brought it to light. David was deceptive. Liars in the Bible all over. Even Cain, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? liar. There are different forms of deception, and if you don't know the different forms, you might reason your lies away. How do you lie? Well, you can tell a blatant lie like, like when Jesus said, one of you will betray me, and what did Judas say? Judas said, surely not I. He had the money in his pocket. Surely not I. Flat out lied. I'm not the one. But then you could tell a half lie, like the woman at the well. 
Jesus said, go and call your husband and come back. What'd she say? What'd she say? I don't have a husband. Is it true? Half truth? Jesus said, what you have said is true. You've had five husbands and the man you're shacking up with now isn't your husband. So I guess what you said is true. And she's like, oh, he knows everything about me. Half truth. Jesus called her on it. Uh, We can lie by making a promise or commitment that we don't keep. So Peter said to Jesus, after Jesus said, you're going to turn away tonight, Peter said, though all forsake you, I'm ready to die with you. And he didn't keep that commitment. You can make a commitment you don't keep. You can shade the truth. So if you shade, so let's say you get into an argument with your family member and then you talk to another family member about that. And your other family member is like, what happened? And you're like, well... I was just saying nothing and being the kindest little angel on the planet. And then she started screaming at me. I said, oh my goodness, you sound angry. There's something that I've done to offend you. And then she said, you're a demon. And I couldn't believe she reacted that way. You're shading the truth. You're a little angel, and they're a devil, and you're lying. The way you're telling a true story doesn't line up with the truth of the story. That's called shading the truth. How else do we lie? Well, we say evasive things. So, did you get my text that said, be home at 8? Well, uh, I was driving, and um, there, I missed my turn, and uh, yeah, I saw it. I didn't want to come home. That's the truth. But when we say evasive things, we're not telling the truth. Saying evasive things rather than the truth is deceptive. Another form of evading the truth is like amnesia. Like, well, it really hurt my feelings when you said that. What did I say? I don't remember what I said. Tell me what I said. I don't remember. See, now we've got this strange game of I'm making you tell me what I did wrong. And you're like a little puppet. Like, tell me, I don't remember. And it's so manipulative and insulting to get amnesia the moment someone calls you out on something. And it's deceptive. I don't remember what I did. Please tell me what I did. I'm being deceptive. Don't say evasive things or shade the truth or make a commitment you don't intend to keep or tell a lie or tell half a truth. It can also be deceptive to say nothing when the truth is missing. Who ate the last Oreo? I said, who ate the last Oreo? Got cookies all over my mouth. What am I saying? Nothing. But I'm still being deceptive. So you have to know all the different forms of deception. Just because you don't flat out lie, that doesn't make you an honest person. You can still be deceptive. So avoid all forms of deception. Be honest. Lying always leads to pain and suffering. God hates it. Write this down. Ask me how. How? Be honest by examining our motives. You got to know why you lie. If you don't look at your own heart and say, why do I lie? Why do I keep doing that? Then you'll never change it. There is a reason why you lie. There's many reasons why we lie. Uh, We can lie because we want to avoid consequences for our choices. We We don't want life to get hard, so we'll lie to avoid pain. We'll lie to get something that we want, like money or power. 
change our resume. When Lauren and I were renting our house out seven years ago, we had many people applying to rent our house that we owned out uh, in Winfield. And one couple, when I, on the application, when it said employment and income, they didn't put the phone number down to the employer. I thought that was weird. So I Googled it. And then I called the employer and I said, hey, does this guy still work there? And they said, no, he's been unemployed for two months. He doesn't work here anymore. So he lied on the application. So I called them and the wife picked up. I said, hey, I just need to follow up with you on this. Why did you put this down when you, he hasn't worked there in two months? She came clean. Oh, I told him we shouldn't have written that. I know, it was not honest. I'm really sorry, but give us a chance. And I'm like, nope, you lied. I can't trust you. You were going to move into my house and not pay me rent. That lie cost you the opportunity. I said, and I want you guys, as you continue to apply, to tell the truth. Because lying got you in trouble. What were they doing? They were trying to find their family a home, but they were lying to get something they wanted. We lie also to keep something we have. I've got a relationship, I've got a girlfriend, I've got a boyfriend, and I don't want to lose her, and so I do something bad, but I want to keep that relationship, so I lie. We lie to keep up a reputation. Well, that person thinks I'm this, and then I just did that, and now I need to lie to keep my reputation. So we lie to keep something we have, get something we want, avoid something we don't want. We lie to take something from someone else. We lie to punish someone who hurt or angered us. Revenge. We either lie to them or we lie about them to someone else to get even because we want justice, so we lie. I ask myself this regarding motives. Why do men lie? Why do women lie? I think if I had to jot down a few reasons why we as men lie, I'd say, men, we struggle with being honest because primarily we don't want to lose the respect of those that we admire. I think we lie because we don't want to admit when our bad habits are too strong for us to tackle. I think we lie because we don't want to face the reality that we don't fit the world's definition of manly. I think we lie when we don't want to live with the reality that we can't provide our family with everything they need or want. I think we lie because we don't trust people to appreciate just how much we need Jesus every day. That's why we lie. What about women? I asked my wife, Lauren, why do women lie? She said some really interesting things. I said, can I share that? She said, sure. She said, for women, she said, we lie, we struggle with being honest because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And we don't want to disappoint anyone. Um, Or we don't want to create conflict. She said, we lie because we don't want to admit we need help. She said, we as women need to be more honest in community. We need to learn to say, I'm struggling. We need to learn to say the truth. I do need your help, and that's okay. Uh, She said, we need to learn to say, I need prayer because I'm struggling with temptation. And she said, Women, we really need to learn to be honest with others about our true spiritual condition, especially in small groups. Why do we lie? There are many reasons why we lie, but we have to examine our motives. If we don't get down to the root of why we continue to lie, then we won't be able to clear up the lying. Be honest, because God hates lying. It always leads to pain and suffering. comes in many forms. We have to examine our motives. Write this down. Be honest by recognizing the spiritual nature of lying. There is an unseen realm, and there is a reason, a temptation behind every lie. 
And so we have to understand the spiritual nature of lying. Lying originated in the Garden of Eden. Lying originated through a spiritual being who was an angel who fell into sin. His name is Satan. He taught the world how to lie. It says in John 8, 44, Jesus said this, You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and is the father of lies. What a title. Father of lies. Meaning every lie you ever utter is fathered by him. Do you know the entire world was broken by one lie? The next time you look around and see anything in this life that should be better, should be better, tell yourself, a lie broke that. How did Satan start off his his conquest of humanity with a lie about God? Did he really say, you will die? You will not surely die. He knows you will become like him, knowing good and evil. Lie, lie, lie. A lie skidded this whole world off the cliff. And if that lie had the power to ruin everything in your world, why on earth would we continue to trust deceit when all it does is break things? Every time you sin, you have to understand, every single sin begins with a lie. You believe about God? We always sin because we think God has stopped short of taking perfect care of us. We sin when we believe the lie that his promises won't come true or his punishments won't come true. That's why we sin. If you think about it, um, do you know those uh, tool companies? I don't know if Black & Decker does this, but they came out with universal batteries. You can put it in the drill, use the power drill, pull it out, put it in the weed whacker, and then you could go, you know, uh, take care of your life. You could put it in the Sawzall, and it's the same battery for all the different tools. Lying is the battery that runs every single sin. You need a lie before you'll sin. You truly believe that that sin will make your life better, not worse. Will give you more satisfaction or security. You have to believe a lie before you sin. That's the battery that goes into every sin before you do it. You have to understand the true spiritual nature of deception. And then understand the nature of God. In Numbers 23, 19, it says this, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? God is true. Be honest. God hates lying. Always leads to pain and suffering. Avoid all forms of deception and check your motives. Recognize the spiritual nature of lying. And finally, jot this down. By developing the habit of honesty daily. How can I be honest? By developing the habit of honesty daily. You have to win the battle of the day. Then tomorrow, then the day after that, if you're going to become an honest person. That means you keep your word. Hey, in your home, in your marriage, keep your word. From time to time, just look at your spouse and say, hey, till death do us part. I said it, I meant it, I still mean it. Preach that to yourself. You made a promise before a holy God. If you break that promise, he will hold you accountable for the lie you made before everyone in that room. I don't care what the courts say. God doesn't care what the courts say. You swore an oath, and God will hold you to that. Hold yourself to it. With your kids, keep your commitments. 
I know if you say something, you know, if they're like, can we go out for ice cream tonight? Maybe. They, it's like to them, it's a blood oath. <laughs> you said we can go out for ice cream every night of the... What, what are you saying? I didn't say that. But to the best of your ability, keep your commitments to your kids so that they can rely on what you say. Hey, in your ordinary commitments throughout the, the week with friends, with coworkers, be reliable. People should know that you keep your commitments. If you're going to be somewhere, you're there. If you're going to do something, you do it. You're a reliable person. They can trust your word. You're not constantly changing or falling through or, you know, or your word is not unreliable. You want to be able to be honest, trustworthy. Professionally, whatever that means, whatever the highest bar of integrity in your line of work, shoot above that. Don't aim for the lowest, you know, possible, minimalistic definition of of honesty in your work. Aim for the top. In your financial commitments, if you signed it, keep that agreement. If you have to break it, move heaven and earth to do it with the utmost integrity by the book. This could be medical commitments. This could be finance. This could be insurance documents you signed. This could be a mortgage. This could be whatever. If you signed it, if your name is on it, be a person of your word. And let the pain that comes turn you to God. Let the crisis, when you sign something and then you get out of it, turn that to God. Say, I will walk through this with the utmost integrity. That's what it means to develop the habit of honesty daily. Colossians 3, 9 to 10 says this, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. I like this. It admits that there's a process. You've put off the old self and you're now being renewed. Putting off the old self means like you wake up in the morning and you're wearing the shirt that says, I'm a liar, 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 and you're taking it off and throwing it in the hamper. You're wearing the truth of Christ from that point on. You're being renewed. Psalm 15.4 describes qualities of a righteous man. It says of this man in, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, and he swears to his own hurt and does not change. That means you keep your promise when it's hard. You keep your commitments when it's inconvenient. Develop the habit of honesty daily. As we close out here, let me ask you to examine your life. Look back in your past. Is there something in your past that you need to bring to light? Is there something that you've lied about, that you've hidden? It's a buried bomb. It's going to go off. You really don't want it to go off on Judgment Day. That's the worst case scenario. You really don't want it to go off three years from now. It's always worse when you get caught. The sooner you bring it out, the more you get help from people around you as you bring it out, the better things will go. What about in your present? Are you sustaining and weaving a web right now, trying to get out of a commitment or trying to evade telling the truth or trying to wrangle your way into manipulation? Are you in the process right now of trying to weave that web and your conscience is going crazy like a smoke alarm? It's time for you to be honest. And what about the future? Are you ready for that next moment? Are you prepared to win that battle when deception rears its ugly head and you are going to shade the truth? Are you ready for that moment? Or you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Are you remember? Are you ready to win that battle? Let's pursue honesty about our past, about our present, about our future together. And let's trust that our Father, who knows the truth about us from the beginning, will love us and renew us as we ask Him to make us honest.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for your great love for us. We are all liars. Our lies condemn us in your presence. Father, we pray that you would continue to clear up the mess that lies have made in our own hearts and our own relationships. We thank you for your forgiveness. And Father, I just pray that there would be the pursuit of honesty in this entire week, that you would help us, Lord, to uh, walk in integrity. As we know that the Bible says, the man of integrity walks securely. Help us, Lord, to deal with the truth as it comes out. Help us to extend grace to one another, to protect our hearts and families against deceit, to protect our church against deception. We just pray that you would give us, O Lord, a great filter that screens out everything that comes out of our mouth. Help us to remember just how much you hate lying. We pray that as you grow us in this area, that we would stand out like lights in the darkness in this crooked generation, that when they see honesty, they would understand that only God could form that in a heart. And we pray this, O Lord, in Jesus' name.